This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We've been waiting for this day when we'd actually get to throw our arms around one of you and meet you face to face. It finally happened. Miss Kate Brennan came down from the States and got to experience the ultimate Canadian winter wonderland with Erin and I. We strapped her into some skates for the first time in her life, and of course she was brave enough to say yes, but we did not want to let the opportunity pass to be able to interview her with the three of us sitting in a room together. So that is what this is. She is an example of how, in spite of having a different tri-type than me, while I am an 847, she is an 827. Our instinct makes us so much more similar than you would think. We are both sexual eights first. So listen in, you'll see that there's an awful lot of understanding and consensus between Kate and I as we speak. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. This This is Kate. And Kate comes from our pilot group that we started, our Enneagram 8 community, and has become a dear friend of ours. So that's a plug for the community group. (laughs) A lot of us don't have other eights in our life we're close to. We were talking about that, right? Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. And so it's like we now have been introduced to the potential for eight friendships because I don't think a lot Mm -hmm. of eight women have eight friends. It's just not super common. Why do you think that is? Oh, good question. Just not many of us. I don't think well, there aren't many of us. That's maybe what it is. Yes. That's what's been really bizarre is we're living in a not realistic bubble in that Mm. we're surrounded nonstop with eight community since we've started this thing. Mm -hmm. So it's giving us a wrong impression that there's an awful lot of us. Mm -hmm. But if you ask any one of those eights, they'll say, I didn't even know there were other ones out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So we're diving into our subtype interviews. And when Kate came up to see us, because she doesn't live near us, I was watching her and Joe and their intimate sexual energy. I don't even want to use those words. They know that because it sounds so weird. But no, we got turned to Kate. I'm like, we're being really sexual, right? Both happily married to other people. They didn't have that moment. We're being really sexual on a bench in the middle of a forest (laughs) in the woods. Let's get worse. We're diving into the one-on-one instinct where you hone in on the person in front of you. Kate, what's your stacking? Sexual, social, self-praised, lost. That's much easier to identify than tri-type. Yes, it is we're much clearer. It. Well, and a lot of the subtypes look like numbers. The, the sexual always tends to look like a four. Yeah, right? we'll talk so, about that. So the Enneagrammer says, sexual is the instinct of attraction and seduction. Beyond the physical drive to actually have sex, the instinct is the drive to attract. Yes. And you feel that, Joe, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you define it if you were to put your own words? Maybe when I go into a room or a space, there's a part of how I control the situation is I draw people to myself, specific people. And then I have safety in that one connection. Mm -hmm. So I feel, you know, braver in a space full of unknowns if I've got one person beside me. And I usually, I feel like I have the ability to draw those people to myself. I think it's to create safety Mm -hmm. for myself in this, or I feel more empowered or something, not alone. Does that make sense? Yeah, but it also probably makes you feel more alive as well. If you did, if you put out your feeler... And the room was empty of that. You probably wouldn't want Would to be want there. Would want to go home. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I can totally handle myself alone in a space or, yeah. but I become an entertainer and then I, I'm drained and want to go home. Yeah. 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 So I have other ways of dealing with those in social right. moments. But, but it probably doesn't make you feel my preference joy. Is, yeah. 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 A deep connection with, with one person. Totally. Yeah. Well, you have to become the energy if there's no one else. Right. And you can do that because you have the social piece second. So yes. you can kind of read the room and know mm-hmm. what is needed to kind of ramp it up. Carry this. Yes. Oh, let's make this fun. Yeah. That's on me. No one else is going to do that. So Joe, if you don't find that in a <laughs> room, leave. you'll leave. You yep. won't even attempt to change the room. Yeah. No, it doesn't feel like mine to do at all. I'll just go. <laughs> I do it. And then I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Everybody's staring at me and it's my fault. Why am I doing this? I don't want this. Here we are again. There's like fairy tales where there's cursed shoes, and when you put your feet in them, you Uh start tap dancing, and you have no choice. That's me at parties. Each of us, in our instinct, there are certain strategies we use to survive. And so, for the sexual strategy, we have like these superpowers that get us through the world in a different way than Aaron would as a social. Mm -hmm. And so, we'll go over them, and you tell me if if this sounds about right. And we're getting these again, let's give credit where credit's due from John Lukovich. Okay. So one of the like mechanisms we use, it's called like arousal versus repulsion, but it's like same (laughs) coin, different sides. Okay. I know. And it sounds so sexy. It does. So basically we are into being like turned on energetically. Like we're looking for the hook or whatever. Okay. That pulls you in, pulls us in. Yeah. That's like interesting energy or whatever. And we move like very intensely towards that energy that feels exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a right fit. And I bet you the energy that you're looking for would be slightly different than the one I'm looking for. Positive or negative? Doesn't yeah, matter. I, I think for us it's different. Yeah. It spikes you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would be like a different specific flavor that you would say is your ultimate energy flavor or whatever and and you'd be going for that all the time and you'd be very you'd have a radar for it do you know what that is do you know what your flavor is like what do you look for i've never been able to name it i mean i know energies that are are things i would run towards like spontaneous someone's a bit outrageous and fun and gonna like mess up the system system a bit i find that energy and it spikes energy in me produces more energy in me i think would you say that that's valid for you? Do you like energy that spikes up the system or nope. shifts things? No. Nope. And this is why I'm, I'm asking that because yeah. I wonder if the social second is, this is, so, it's so apparent, right? And it's so necessary to recognize because. Yes. Yeah. Like what we're talking about, if there's something in a party and someone is like a bit out of place and does something outrageous, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so drawn to that. I think it's fu- so funny. I just love anything that's going to make me laugh my head off. Because they're pulling outside the mold because they don't fit the like narrative. I love of watching normal. people uncomfortable. That's what it is. I oh, love yeah. so really rigid people getting their little toupees ruffled up and being all awkward yeah. and uncomfortable in life. Because I'm like, you're going to survive. You think you're dying. And that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder too, like for me, I, I don't love those moments, right? Because I feel everyone's uncomfortableness in the room. But for you, when that second, your second number is that number where you can kind of take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. So for you, it's like the play number, right? We talked mm-hmm. about that in our last episode. You play with it. It's yes. like you toy with that social piece. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the stakes are low. Mm-hmm. If it's in an environment, I'm like, I don't really care. 
And for a long time, I didn't care about most of the environments I was in. But now it's different being married with in-laws and there's more soberness to those social structures. When I was younger, I just loved messing things up, loving things up, watching other people do the same. It's so fun. I think I look for like radiant sunshine, like lightness and joy and sunshine. Oh, but yeah. if there is no depth hidden there, I'll oh, be over it boring. real fast. Yeah. So if you can get the right mix of joy and forward momentum and adventure with a deep, deep heart that you can dig into. I love that too. I can't think of a better combo. Yeah. So for me, no one's stirring anything up in that scenario. We're just having so much fun. Yes. With a lot of energy. Yeah. And and anything goes. Like It's, it's optimism with sincerity. Yes, thank you. Because if there's no sincerity, it feels... Forget it. Yeah, I'm not into that. Not but at if all. there's sincere optimism, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that energy yeah. too. So if that was an ice cream flavor, that would be... Yeah. Yeah. That would be mine. Sincere Optimist. Uh-huh. It would be the color yellow. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think we need like a nail Dark yellow. color name. With zest. Yeah. Like lemon zest. Yes, sure. Something a, little, a, something a little tart in there. Yes, for sure. Not too sweet. <laughs> no, sickly sweet, I'm out. <laughs> no, thanks. No, same. What's really interesting, though, is that kind of energetic pull means, yeah, you will pull people towards you that want what it is you're offering. Mm-hmm. But the same thing that causes someone to pull towards you will be the same thing that makes someone want to flee, like be repulsed by you. Right. It's that same whatever energetic wave you're giving off will pull some people in. And scare others off. Yeah. And some people intentionally will use it to weed out the people they don't want. Yeah. And I don't know how conscious it is, actually. But you could definitely see it working out maybe for the best if you are... Um, seeing people like come sniff around and then run screaming for the hills. You're like, well, yeah. I didn't need to waste my time on you, you anyway. That sounds quite self-preserving to it me. It does, doesn't it? Like self-protection. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I maybe do that less because I... Yeah, I don't relate to it nearly as much. No. But I've observed some eights do this. Yeah, like a test, a trial. Uh-huh. Trial by fire. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if eights with six do it more because sixes like to test people. An awful lot. So, yeah, I don't Fun. know. But it definitely works both <laughs> ways. Yeah. You're like, can I be there for that? Yeah. Can I watch the testing I'll watch process? it. Please don't test me. <laughs> and have you, like, um, have you observed there's some people that do not respond to you in any way? It's like you're... you're oh, like, I find it really can, annoying. It is so annoying. Because I'm a wooer. Yes. So I'm like, I'm going to woo you. Oh, and I can tell I'm they like, don't oh, give a they're shit. broken. They they're don't broken. give a shit. Them. Yeah, it's not an us problem. <laughs> no. <Nope>. It's <laughs> a them problem. <laughs> so wrong with this one. <laughs> Really bad situation. I can't even win him over. And you can tell within seconds. Like within seconds, I'm like, he does not want what I'm selling. Like there is nothing (laughs) happening here between those. So then you walk away, but do you start tap dancing? Depends. Am I stuck in a room with said person? Or is it like a park scenario? Park, I'm like, oh, my kid just did a poo. So yeah. If I'm like stuck in a room, I might start tap. And then be regretting it as I'm dancing. Just like, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. No, I can't. I'm in it. And he's still staring blankly yeah. at you. Yeah. You're like, mm. okay. No, I can't exit this. That's funny. Do you push on someone's boundaries to try and get a rise out of them like invading their comfort zone 100 percent. yes 
And what is it? What is it about that that you love? My childhood nickname for my dad, or his catchphrase for me, was "Get lost, you pest," because I would pester <laughs> him, try and do everything and anything I could to get a rise out of anyone around me. I still do it. It's energy, right? It's is that energy. what it is? Yeah. Is that why I'm doing it? It's just energy. <laughs> And you probably do it more in dead energy zones. Oh, so man. if you're not getting energy off something, well, you're going to make energy happen. Is that because we need the energy? Sexual eights, especially. Need energy yeah. like that. Eights in general. Even if it's bad, but, a bad reaction. Yes. And that's that, that arousal repulsion thing. Okay. Even to repulse someone is energy. Yeah. It's just energy that's moving away from you slow, like backing away. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like, I feel rejected. <laughs> Poor me, but I've done all of it to myself. Yep. Yeah. So classic eight. But at least I got that spike of yes. energy. That's right. Boy, where would I have been without that? Oh, this is so, <laughs> there's a part coming up that says you're stacking once temporary hits of energy. Yes, I'd say. <laughs> yep, for sure. And that I think leans into like, when I was younger, I would like, had this crazy reaction to Coca-Cola. So I would drink three of them just to see what the hell would happen. And then everyone would be like, she's out of control. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> just like an absolute hyperactive. It just, and then I can't maintain that for a long period of time. There'd be a come down, but I love that. Temporary hit. Yeah. You'd be like a prime suspect for some interesting drugs, drug abuse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I've tried some Well, drugs. there you go. Yeah. yeah. I could tell you about some of them, what they do. <laughs> I'll save that for our drug show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the drug episode. Enneagram and, and drugs. <laughs> oh, dear. Another set of things that we do, it's under the heading of transformation and display. So what's interesting about sexual eights, which is different than any other kind of eight, is we're actually eager to be transformed and changed. Yes. Right? It's That's very it's true. It's not our integrity. Like, we would never let our integrity be affected. But if we're consenting to it, we're like, yes, change me. Yeah. Like, I dare you to change me. Yeah. I want to evolve. And I, I, it's difficult because I offer that to other people they and they like don't it. want it. They don't like it. And I'm like, well, but, but this is positive. Yeah. I want it back. Mm-hmm. I'm not, this isn't like a one way street. I'm trying to be contrarian or challenging mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you want to know? I want to know uh-huh. what's going wrong and what we could change and how we could move forward. A hundred percent. And I think generally I respond really well to it. There are moments where I haven't those challenging, but generally like if I believe your intentions are good towards me, Mm -hmm. I can really handle. So we're apparently like more porous. So we're willing to take more in and be more impacted by other people. Most have a barrier up that says you, you won't change me. Like, unless I say so, but we're actually looking to be changed. I'm not very stubborn. I have a stubborn initial response and then it's soft or very quickly after. I would say, I would say I'm the same for sure. It probably like why we'll sit down and like really, really connect with people who are drastically different than we are. Yeah. Because energetically we're like, well, this is a whole other energy that I could possibly incorporate yeah. into my energy bucket. <laughs> like it's I, like- I think it's very connected to truth seeking. Yes. Because it feels like it expansive. Uh-huh. Like it opens mm-hmm. my mind to new ways of seeing things. And I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not like a, if you don't see it my way, you're an idiot. I trust that you're sensible and you're thinking. I want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that process. Why does it have that response in you? There's mm-hmm. a curiosity and willing to open and expand. For me, I've always defined it as wanting deeper, further understanding of truth. 
that pursuit of truth mm-hmm. drives that in me. Yeah, I think expansive is the word mm-hmm. for sexual aids. You can like take in or absorb things it's that like are quite different. Narrow person, honed yeah. in, but then expansive. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of opposite in a way. Yeah, but- yeah, they are. Isn't that sexual? One of Catherine would say it is also a countertype. Yes. Yes. So she says social's countertype in the sense that it it appears warmer or less intense. Yeah, or more gentle. Okay. But our ultra relational, like willing to be changed thing makes the sexual also a counter. A little counter. Yeah. Okay. So the most eight ish eight is the self pres eight. Oh. If you're going to stereotype. The stereotype. Yes. Like the Donald Trump. The super boundary. Yeah. Okay. Yes. We have fewer boundaries as a sexual eight than any other kind of eight. Yeah. I'm pretty miserable boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chemistry. That would be our third superpower. And it, (laughs) Aaron and I have giggled a little because I feel like I'm hunting. Okay. Sometimes. (laughs) And I'm hunting for a particular prey. And that's the energy. And uh-huh. I, and I'm like, <laughs> it's very, very focused and I'm going after it. Whereas in a room, and that's just not what she's energies. doing. I don't, I know, not necessarily sexual. It ends up being a lot of the time that they are sexual uh-huh. types of some sort. But essentially someone but who meets that. Someone that meets whatever yeah. that flavor of ice cream I described yeah. is in okay. a room and I'll narrow in on it and zzz, like I want that. hone in on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's chemical. Yeah. It is chemical. You can't even put your finger on mm-hmm. what that is. You can't see it, mm-hmm. but it's when what I, we're following. When I'm around that energy, it builds and builds and builds. When I think about my best girlfriends or um, guy friends, we get in a room and the energy builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. There's nowhere to go. We just get more and more outrageous, more and more loud. We're all feeding off each other. So wavelengths uh-huh. in sound, when you find a wavelength that matches your wavelength, it peaks. It peaks it. Yeah, it'll amplify. And yeah. that is sexual energy. Yeah. Is if you find someone with the same wavelength, that is your ice cream flavor. Yeah. And you ramp each other up. Really? Which is why you don't want to marry that. Yeah. <laughs> You think no, you want to marry that? I know, I you know. You do not want to marry that. Yes. <laughs> I married flatline. Someone that flatlines your energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Flatline. Yeah. And I need it. I don't always love it. I, I think we all need it. Yes. Yes. I think most eights are probably married to a flatline somewhere because yep. it's necessary for us to be. And there's something I respect about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's something about it that I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just meet my intensity just once, just today? <laughs> Even if it's like yelling at me, just do it. <laughs> and then, of course, if that energy is not there, we'll lose interest really, really, really quickly mm-hmm. without some other motivation anyway. It feels like work, mutual. Sure. But, but half the time, I'm already in it too deep, and then my they think we're best friends. <laughs> and so I have a lot of people in my life like that. that I'm like, oh, I knew the energy wasn't there, but... We're in it I now. lingered, and now yeah, we're, we're in it stuck. now. Yep. Totally. Stuck. <laughs> and now i got to produce it for both of us. Yeah, and now you feel bad when I don't want to see you every week. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say how hard is it, or how easy is it, for you to find that energy that you're looking for? Historically, very easy. Okay. It's gotten more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. The more complex my life's become with children, husband... Is it because there's other mitigating factors that mean you have to weed out more and more? Uh, all of my energy goes to obligation relationships at okay. the moment. Yeah. All of it. 
Yeah. So I've got very just like patrolling. Over. <laughs> You're not patrolling anymore. I'm not out anymore. on the hunt anymore. Yes. Yes. I got no time to go hunting. Yeah. So, and then does that drain your energy? Yeah. So now you don't even have the desire to go. Because so I'll so... maintain, I'd say, five friendships that I will will call and speak to on a regular basis, including my brother, and that they t- hold me over. I'll have the laugh. I'll have the moment. I'll have the connection. I'll have the deep chat. And that is what I've got to work with at the moment. But when I was like really out and social all the time I made best friends everywhere I went and would find that energy I didn't mess around I didn't like watch tv I was like always out yeah. <laughs> always doing awesome. stuff. always full-time hunter full-time so I like I did catch a lot of prey but yeah. it was a, I was what I was doing in life yeah. you know people were always my priority that's mm-hmm. what I was doing mm-hmm. and it's not right now it's being a mom and different kinds of relationships that need to be maintained. That need need my energy, mm-hmm. and they actually it feels good in a way because it's forging in me a different way to connect. And I think there's been enough painful, highly energetic sexual connections in my life, best best friends that have ended. Mm-hmm. We broke up, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, in a friend way, mm-hmm. and it's so wounding to me. It was kind of like it's all all pointing towards trying to connect in a different way, and so. I've had more time for the nice, sweet ladies I've met at the park who's got mm-hmm. a child the same age as mine. And yes, sure, we can do an hour coffee and it's boring, but whatever. It's still something to do outside of the house mm-hmm. or, and they're still sweet and they still matter and it's still worthwhile. Yeah. It's not the same energy. No, it's not fun. It's not the same fun yeah. as I would normally, you know, historically have gone for. That's a really good point that it is healthy to practice connecting in different ways because you can't rely on any one way of connecting Mm -hmm. always because it's so nuclear to Mm -hmm. connect energy to energy Mm -hmm. and energy changes like it could get cut off yeah and that's it you're you're done there's nothing else you connected on (laughs) and by our nature if we've really thrown everything in there mm -hmm. that's a painful separation yeah when that blows up yeah because they've just bore witness to my whole heart and deep you know a lot of time or whatever and it happens quick i think with sexual hate like i can off yeah best friends in a short amount of time deep Mm -hmm. deep deep relationships a funny thing about sexual eight is there's nothing practical about sexual energy you're not asking what can this do for like Uh this one here it's so practical and then self-press is even more practical so on a spectrum it's self-press social and then we literally are just going where the energy is. For the fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think it baffles John. I don't think that's what yes. baffles him. I'm like, this is a lot of energy, which is he's budgeting. So he's got a very strong fire yeah. going. And We're I'm spewing just it all spewing over, it around. Just for the sake of Just the for a little rise out of some stranger. Yes. He's like, this seems so dumb. Yes. What a dumb waste of energy. I'm like, oh. Aaron at least gets a contact list out of it. <laughs> Or my cause or mission is like being fulfilled <laughs> by the people I'm bringing in. Totally. <laughs> okay. Physiologically, what is characteristic of sexual eights is that we are not very self-contained. There's like a energetic spewing kind of that happens uh-huh. and the body language tends to be louder, brighter, more over the top. So if all eights overstate things, we overstate them more. Yes. And if all eights are colorful, mm-hmm. we are more colorful mm-hmm. in terms of like 
even this, like I, yeah, I don't expression. know if that's normal for you, but I am like Josie's in all her hands, right yes. now. and her elbows and her arms, always, and always, lots always, lots yeah. And like I'll do bigger facial expressions to oh, get across yes. the point oh, yes. to the point where my face hurts, and I'm yeah. like, why am I? That's me wearing the weird shoes that are making yes. me dance. Yes. My face is wearing the shoes that I do, won't get off the so ride. I used to wear like a bold lip color, you know, I was really yeah. into make, and I would be pulling the wildest faces that I would have lipstick on my nose. <laughs> Lipstick on my chin. I'm like, what the hell was I doing with my mouth in totally. that story? I'm like, is that yes. is that like these ex- huge expressions? Totally, totally. Like Jim Carrey or something. What is up like, with what that? What is up with that? Okay, so that's Agreed. real. Yeah, okay. that's the thing we do. Kids love me <laughs> yeah. because of it. Yes. I think people are like kids love you because of the face. The faces people. you pull. I'm like, oh. <laughs> The other day in a coffee shop, I was doing that to a kid in the stroller, like next uh-huh. table over, and a man was situated in such a way he couldn't see the kid. He just saw the faces I was making. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> what are you uh, doing? He's like, oh, there's a kid there. Okay. Anything for a laughing totally, baby. Totally. Yep. Totally. We speak almost purely out of like the gut and the passion. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't this linear logical thing. So a lot of the time... I think head type struggle, maybe especially with sexual (laughs) aids. Does that sound about right? I've worked hard. Yes. To at least attach what I'm doing to some kind of logic so it's more palatable for the head. (laughs) (laughs) I can like pull out something out of thin air to try and make what I'm doing logical. Do you have an example of that? I was going to say, is this because you're married to a six? I think so. (laughs) I think so. Because there's this like condescending because my energy is like we were saying so like explosive and whatever and john sees it all as a bit silly and a waste at times he would never say that and he's no, never intentionally made no, me feel I bad i have a sixth husband too i yeah i see that moment when i'm like oh he thinks i'm just silly yeah and you're like that's a bit embarrassing for me i want to be taken seriously too right so i have to like try and think a little bit harder and you know, pull some logic out my butt. So I'm doing seems less ridiculous. But it is just, I'm just chasing a wave or yes, fun. Or, yes. Yeah. Okay. How about that? It looks four-ish. The sexual energy looks four-ish. You have already said that there's part that. of you that has really connected with the four. And now that you understand sexual energy, do you kind of get I do. that? I do. Because I'm very creative. Mm-hmm. I do have a good friend who's a four who I can really hold that space with and enjoy it because it's so intimate and because I'm hearing like the depths and sharing the depths Mm -hmm. I can exist in that which feels very four-ish because I don't need to rush out of that moment Mm -mm. but it's not if somebody's just sat in it and it's not unto connection I don't have the same time yeah deep for the sake of deep is annoying but deep for the sake of connection is good endless like yeah i could just go and go if it's sincere connection no matter what it looks like i'm there for it if it's pretend connection if it's like you're doing all the right things making it look like you want to connect with me but you're not really wanting to Mm -hmm. share or connect i don't know what to do with that Mm -hmm. that's frustrating to me And this one I know you relate to. We tend to accidentally create dependency and then mm -hmm. we get tired of it. I do. I relate to that. And want to run. Give some examples of how that has showed up where people are suddenly very, very deeply up in your grill. I have like (laughs) two friends right now that I lingered 
as I was saying earlier, I spent too long at the park and was just particularly bored that day. So let the conversation go on too long. And it's almost like, are we hanging out this week? I'm free next Monday. Oh, I thought I'd see you this week. I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it's gets crawling. I just, I'm like, great. I can tick that off the to-do list at the end of the day. And they're like, when, when will I see you again? And I'm like, <laughs> I just did this. I ticked off the list. What do you mean again? This was the moment. This was the big moment. Yes, I do have a few for yeah. sure. And I, I think I've run into that a lot with I'm so drawn to the vulnerable that, you know, we were talking last night too. There's been countless times where I've picked up random people on the street and people who are in desperate need, I have a lot of capacity for in the moment. And then when there's a big attachment, I don't know what to do with yeah. that. So I ride the wave initially. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to show up and do anything. And then I've realized I need to then network and hand it over to someone mm -hmm. who can create the structures and the support. I'm like the initial point of contact. I run at the world. I get the people. And somebody else does something with them afterwards, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's not full picture. I'm not sure. No, I still I have a lot of capacity for people. But when it starts to be, I start to feel like that's not exciting anymore. I'm really bogged down. They become weighty instead of energy giving. Yes. And so when I volunteer for the refugees, there's only one family I maintain. The rest is just initial meetings. They come to my house for tea. I take them pizza. I give the kids toys, whatever. There's only one family that I've connected with to revisit. And even then I'm like, oh, yeah. the initial is thing forever? Is, <laughs> is the spark for yeah. me, I guess. Right. That is quintessentially eight. Okay. Yeah. Is yes. it? Yes. I think all of us, yeah, across the board would feel that. For sure. Interesting. So yeah. not sexual. Not specifically. Okay. So everything about your instinct, what it does is it like amplifies certain things. Okay. Or downplays certain things. So it would just amplify all of that. So we would have like a vortex like pull on some people. Mm -hmm. So we'll suck them in kind of like a, how do you attract mosquitoes? There's like a machine that emits something and they all come like swarming in and get sucked into the machine. And then they're there. They're like stuck to you. <laughs> right now and now what because uh -huh. you're still emitting you can't not you're yes. still emitting whatever that is that they're attracted to yeah but you're not attracted to them <laughs> and then the boundaries feel way harsher than they're already if, in because there. i've already yeah. welcomed you in if i then put a boundary that starts to feel tricky yes that's right so john would never even let them in his boundaries way out there mm -hmm. so it's less abrupt or painful in some ways because yeah yeah so that, that would be the difference is other eights would like pull people in, but they haven't pulled them as deeply in as we have. So it just is a lot more messy. Yeah. Well, and it feels like you're rejecting them on a much larger scale yes. when you let them in that deep, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. The rejection's bigger. Yeah. They feel very seen by me. Yes. I know as I've gotten older that when I say something, it can carry a lot of weight. So if I've cultivated like okay encouragement is a powerful thing for me to tap into because if i look someone in the eye and really speak to their soul and encourage them i know that does something in them mm -hmm. because they are hearing what i'm saying in a way mm -hmm. that they wouldn't listen to someone who's more of a flatterer or yeah. something right but then when i do that then they're really attached to me mm -hmm. that might have felt so good yes. to a starving soul but then i'm left with not knowing what to do and our eight selves we were always built to create the disruption and then for them to stand on their own two feet. Like yeah. no matter what, foundationally, all of us are like that. Yeah. So we're not up for this Long leaning hole. on us for the yeah. rest of our life thing. No. That, that's not what we'd ever want for ourselves. Right. And that's not what we ever want for someone else. And we don't have the endurance for it. We're no. just not the number that has that 
ability. Yeah. I think especially with two little kids mm-hmm. that are like so needy. Yeah. It gives me even less energy for, for So that. for us, like the ideal energetically would to have been used or whatever we're emitting to suck in someone who's just as independent as we are. Uh-huh. So they're standing alongside you with that fun energy, yeah. but they don't need you. Yes. Does that happen a lot? Do you suck so people rare. in who have so the same... rare. That's what I mean. I suck people in all the time. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are independent enough to just ride the wave with me and mm-hmm. then get off. Mm-hmm. That's not very common. Mm-hmm. I don't find. I don't like being needed, actually. Yeah, no, we don't. I, re- I resent that. Yeah, we don't love it. Because it feels like being tethered down. Yes. Needed for like just a specific moment in time. That could feel fine. good. Yeah. But we're actually good at that. Yeah. But for the long haul. I know. Yeah. I love when a friend calls to say, I need some advice. Yes. Yes. And I can give it and that's the conversation happens and then it's over. I don't want them calling me every day that yeah. week to hash through all of it. Yeah. Agreed. But I feel loved. I love being able to do the one initial, being the person they trust. It feels effective if it's like one and done because you're like, oh, good, I did my job and that was beneficial. But if it drags on, I'm like, this isn't working. There's no forward motion. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, how do I get off this train? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's super worth talking about the order of your stacking because it really does matter. Yes. And so this is where you and I are different yes. and it shows up in different ways but your second is social whereas social. mine is self-pressed yes so here are some things that would make that a little different i am more specific and more particular in the energy i give off and so i'm less palatable to like a broader mm-hmm. number of people we all have a display mine is very specific okay yours is less specific yes. so your display would attract more people yeah. still fewer than aaron She'd be the like widest almost, whereas yours would be slightly less. A little bit spiky, but more than some. me. Yeah, but most people. That's are right. Into it, yeah. it might tap better than me though. Yeah, <laughs> it might, you might put the show on a little. So, and then your end game is definite energy spikes, but it's like temporary hits. Yes. Whereas mine would be for the long haul. Mm. Like it would be far more, I want to be changed by you in a lasting long situation. Oh, I see. Yeah. You want little change hits and you want that kind of thing, like slightly more transient. Make me think about things. Make me question what I believe. Make me Mm -hmm. think further into this thing, but don't drag me down your road with you to walk that with you. No. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the wording for me, they said is full saturation. Oh, Whereas you're like temporary hits. Yeah. Full saturation would feel like... Irrevocably changed. Right. For me, that would feel like, again, heavier. Yeah. And I don't want that. And I am heavier. Right. Anybody in a room with us would go, she's heavier. Yes. It's visible on our energy. Yep. I've always been fairly popular yeah. and like been able to win lots of people mm-hmm. over. So I think there are, there are always like a handful of people in the room that I would recoil they're usually i don't know like people that are a bit insecure strong men authority figures throughout my life have not appreciated what i'm bringing to the table but most of the time i feel pretty confident that i'm well liked and most (laughs) people respond positively to the energy i bring another like analogy they put out that would make us different is you would be the public mating dance so it's a dance of energy mating dance yes whereas for me it's the marriage consummation lasting connection okay so they would say with your social mm-hmm. it keeps you out there a little more doing the dance okay yeah you're now a mom so yeah. i mean you're in a different phase but that would have whereas i was always roving for that one connection right that i wanted to settle into 
And that's where I was going to stay. Were you like a relational? Long-term monogamist, you know, like long, deep. I was not. Yes. Yeah. And then the difference between you with the public mating dance, which is so energetic, (laughs) Uh and self-prez is they're doing the mating dance privately. (laughs) I see. In a dark corner. You're on the dance floor. Yes. And I'm in the corner. Uh Like this is so in the room. In the club. Joe smoldering in the corner with the one dark broody dude. Then you have you on the dance floor making energetic connections. (laughs) And the uh, shape is probably still at home. Or maybe in the bathroom. I don't know where they are. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking at the clock to make sure it's not time for bed. (laughs) Yes. So funny. So poor self press. We don't represent any of them, so we're not very good about it. Sorry if we're getting it all wrong. We're probably self pressers. But one of you can come on here and tell us, so we'll get it right. Yeah, That's tell us. Right. A, yes, let us into your inner world. Self pressers people in my life. I'm like, uh, what are you panicking about? Like, are <laughs> you hungry? Creature. No. Are you lost in a dark forest? No. Are you fine? Yes. Okay, great. Let's remember that, shall <laughs> Let's we? Let's go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just remember <laughs> nothing is really that dire about this. Let's have fun. Yeah. So yeah, on the whole, you're just a little lighter, more playful, more willing to flit around. Silly. Than get super grounded. And so then the last bit that's worth noting is what does it mean to have no self-prez? And how does that work out for you? Uh, growing up, my 20s, I didn't live anywhere longer than six months. I would travel with no money and no real contacts and no real thought or worry for anything. I'd end up in rooms infested with rats and find it funny. Like, I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think long term. Somebody would be like, I like your dress. Have it, babe. Have my dress. Like, there's nothing in me that wants to hold or cling. Because I'm not afraid. There's been a few times where I've regretted not having any self-pres. I've been in nasty situations when nasty people have taken advantage, for example. Like, I, if I had any self-preservation, I wouldn't have been in that situation. Mm-hmm. But because I had this weird, invincible flavor of the eight mixed with social, mixed with wanting these wild connections, I just didn't say no to anything or any experience, I think. We I call was, it not having any red light. Like, there's no pause or break. No. Everything is go. And I'm probably yeah. going to make it. And if I don't, I'll die. Ha <laughs> ha. Mm-hmm. That was my attitude. Very, very little self-preserving in, in any of my choices. And maturity has coached me, I think, growing up. Suffering losses has made me face the lack of thought and care for myself. Watching people I love grieve because I'm hurting was a good way for me to be like, oh, this matters. Right because I was pretty detached to even mattering, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And being a mum, you need to take care of yourself for them. Yeah. So it changes everything. And being married to a a tender, sweet six Mm -hmm. who just, his whole world revolves around me being all right. I would be awful if I lived in that space with no thought or care. The lack of self-preservation was very reckless, was how it was for me as a teenager in my 20s. That's how it would work out. Wonder like, how does that, Go and taking care of your body. I didn't. Do you now? Trying to, but it's It's not natural. It's new. Yeah. And intentional. Drink hard, party hard, don't sleep. That was always eat what I want. And so I think a lot of the eight community that was a little bit like, oh, I wonder if I'm an eight. Is this everybody works out so hard? And I'm like, I drink hard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I've never really worked out. I, I'm doing it consistently really for the first time in my life because I care more about my health and longevity. But yeah, for my body, it's always been like, I'll be all right. 
I was gonna say, do you notice? Like, have you ever broken anything or? Yeah. And then just plow through it, or do you rest? Depends what part is on the table. <laughs> Depends what I wanna do, right? So if it's like I can use it to avoid something I don't wanna do, I'll, oh, I'm hurting. But if there's something I really wanna go, I'll rally and do it anyway, despite the pain. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor.